I think in the, in the society we now live in, in the world we live in, we need to determine as Christians just what is acceptable. What is the Lord looking for in this season we're living in? And I believe I have some keys for you here. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner followers and devotees. The great Matt Guybe back again at the Kingdom Corner. I know it's been a while, but I've had a lot going on. But today I have a short message for you. Discerning what is acceptable. Discerning what is acceptable. And I'm taking this from Ephesians 5, 8 to 10. Ephesians 5, 8 to 10, which reads this way. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern or judge or prove or examine what is acceptable, that is well-pleasing or fully agreeable to the Lord. Try to discern what is well-pleasing to the Lord. Discerning what is acceptable is what I'm going to be talking about. The Bible has a few things to say, I believe, about this topic. And I think in in the society we now live in, in the world we live in, we need to determine as Christians just what is acceptable. What is the Lord looking for in this season we're living in? And I believe I have some keys for you here. <clears throat> the first key would be, number one, know whose you are and where you live. Number one, know whose you are and where you live. And I'm taking this from Ephesians 1, 6 through about verse 9, Ephesians 1, 6 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenlies, in the heavenlies, in Christ, according as he made choice of us in him before the founding of a world, that we might be holy and blameless in his presence, in love, marking us out beforehand unto sonship through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, unto the praise of the glory of his favor, wherewith he favored us in the beloved one, in whom we have the redemption through his blood, the remission of our offenses, according to the riches of his favor which he made to superabound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, making known to us the sacred secret of his will, according to his good pleasure. It's another word for acceptable. According to what is acceptable, which he purposed in him. This is the Rotherham translation of the verse in Ephesians 1, uh, 6 to 10, or should I say Ephesians, yes, Ephesians 1, uh, verses actually 1 through 9, Ephesians 1, 1 to 9, keying on verse 6, unto the praise of the glory of his favor, 
There it is, favor. It's the same word for acceptable. You know, uh, unto his, the King James would say, unto his, what is acceptable. He's favored us or made us acceptable in the beloved one. So let's talk about this for a minute. The first point in discerning what is acceptable in the time we're living in is know whose you are and where you live. Do you know whose you are today? Have you been born again according to the Bible that says that if we confess our sins, Paul said in Romans, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we receive the blood uh, sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, who died for our sins and shed his blood, and we confess that and we believe in that, we have a place in the Beloved, and we can be favored in the Beloved One, which is in his Son and in his presence. So that's whose we are, and know where you live. The other thing that so many um, people don't know, even in the church, is that we may have a physical body, and yet we we are we are walking in a spiritual realm because we are in the heavenly places in Christ. That's what it says here in the first verse of Ephesians 1, 1 and 2 here, actually. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, where? Not on the earth. Yes, we're blessed here on the earth as well, but in the heavenlies in Christ, in the heavenlies in Christ. And there's about three or four references. I don't have them written down here. That is one of the major themes of the book of Ephesians. I think Ephesians 3.20, Ephesians 2, it talks about the same thing. We are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Know whose you are and where you live. You live, you, you act, and you receive your orders, your mandate, as it were, in the heavenlies from from God, uh, of, of what is acceptable of what we're talking about. Know whose you are and where you are. That's number one, discerning what is acceptable. Number two, know the correct time. Do you know the time you live in? Do you know what time it is? Some people are just oblivious to the time they live in. You know, like, like the, the like the famous um, children's story about the tortoise and the hare. You know, um, the hare was extremely fast, and he challenged the tortoise to a race, but he lost track of the time. He was overconfident, and in the end, because the hare was persistent—or I mean, not the hare—the tortoise was so persistent to keep moving forward, keep going on. Um, the tortoise won the race and the hare lost because he became oblivious to the time. Know the correct time. Number two, 2 Corinthians 6, 1-2. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, don't receive the salvation I just spoke to you about in vain. Don't, don't, Don't just cast it aside. You know, there's one in the Old Testament that, that did that. Um, we, we think of Esau and Jacob, and, and Esau was the favored son because he was the eldest son, and that was the custom of the day that the eldest son received the greatest blessing. But he cast that aside because he came in from hunting and was so famished that he sold his birthright to Jacob for, for a bowl of, of, you know, chili you could say, or or porridge, whatever it might be. He he you could say 
He received God's grace or God's favor as the blessed favored son in vain because he cast it aside. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, or the King James would say, a time accepted. Remember, we're talking about what's acceptable. I listen to you. This is a quote from Isaiah 49, 6 to 10. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This, this is a stronger, he says it twice in this verse. And the second phrase, favorable accepted time, means a very acceptable time, a very favorable time. Now is the time. If God is calling you, if God is in your life to do the things that he has called you to, you know, to not sell what you're doing in vain out like Esau did, not cast it aside and not have, in other words, having disrespect to it. You know, many Christians, I think, are in that place. They're asleep. They don't know the correct time. Now is the day of salvation. It's a very acceptable time. That's what time it is. It's time to act. Ephesians 5, 16 to 17 says, redeeming or buying back the time. And it's a picture of ladies in that culture going down to market on, on the most favorable market day, which is one day of the week, kind of like we go up here to our Kroger or Fred Meyer store, or maybe on a Tuesday when, the, when they have the best sales and we redeem them. You know, redeeming the time. That's the picture of the ladies in the market redeeming the best time to go shopping because, you know, he's giving that picture and he's relating it to the times they lived in, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Be not un unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And we're talking about the will of the Lord. We're talking about what is acceptable. Do you know today what the will of God is for your life? Now's the time to find out. Today is the day of salvation. Today is a very favorable time. He will reveal it to you if you just ask him. First Chronicles 12.32, the tribe of Issachar had understanding. In other words, they knew what should be done. They knew what to do. They knew what was acceptable. And then let's look at the example, knowing the correct time. Let's look at this. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. This, this is a prophecy of Jesus. And he, when he started his ministry, he recited this verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of what is acceptable. Favor means acceptance. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And th this could be a prophecy to the sons and daughters of God as well. We are called to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, uh, to proclaim the year of God's favor. Um, uh, that's that's uh, what we are called to do as his saints. It says in other places in the New Testament, in the epistles, that um, in the fullness of time, you know, the correct time, Jesus was revealed. You know, 
Okay, so those those are the first. We're at the first two. Know where you, whose you are, and where you live. That's number one to know what is acceptable. Number two, know the correct time. Are you on time with God? Number three, let's talk about another important trait of knowing what is acceptable. Another important ingredient. Have the ability to receive correction. Have the ability to receive correction. Let's look at Genesis 4-7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, then sin is crouching at the door. Its desire, that is sin's desire, is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Wow, that's a powerful scripture. This is in the very beginning of creation, when Adam and Eve came on the scene, and they had uh, two sons, Cain and Abel, and they both brought a sacrifice. And Abel brought a sacrifice of, of a lamb, of an animal. That was accepted. That's what God wanted. And Cain brought a grain sacrifice. Now, were grain sacrifices not acceptable? No. In the right time, in the right framework, they were acceptable. But this wasn't the time. And for some reason, he got it wrong. You know, and it's evident if you read on because he ended up uh, getting jealous and upset at his brother. He killed his brother Cain, the first murder. Uh, Cain killed his brother Abel, the first uh, murder in the Bible, because he um, he became jealous. He became upset. He did not receive correction. And you know, when I think of correction, let's look at this verse again. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And that word accepted in the Hebrew uh, text here, the Hebrew translation is saith, saith, to be exalted, dignified, lifted up. And it reminds me of James 4.10 and 1 Peter 5.6 that says, if we as children of God humble ourselves before the Lord in due time, he will exalt us. And, and part of receiving correction is having humility, having the ability to humble yourself to be corrected when you have it wrong. Um, that's part of, of knowing what is right, knowing what you should do, being accepted. Can you receive correction? Do you have the ability to humble yourself when you're wrong in a situation? A person comes to you or um, God comes to you in your heart or in the spirit and wants to correct you on something. You know, a lot of men of God have had trouble with that. Look at Saul in the Old Testament, the one who was king before David. That's why he lost his, his kingdom. He was not correctable. He tried to offer a sacrifice be, uh, when the priest was supposed to come and do it. He thought he could take it on his own shoulders. So, man, so many uh, have struggled with this, and people struggle with it, I think, because this is a key in the verse. If you do well, will you not be accepted, dignified, exalted? In other words, if you humble yourself, you know, and admit you're wrong and allow God to bring correction. That's number three. Number four, 
what finding or discerning what is acceptable discernment of what is acceptable that's what we're talking about today set your mind and heart on what is good set your mind and heart on what is good psalm 92:14 says let the this is david let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be ratzon acceptable, delightful, pleasurable, acceptable, desirous in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let the words, what I say, let what I think be acceptable and desirable in your sight, O Lord, pleasurable to you. That's beginning to set your mind and heart on what is good. Um, you know, on, and let's go further and really kind of define that. Philippians 4, 6 to 9 gives us a good indicator of what this means. Do not be anxious or worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think a lot of times we that's where we need to begin. You know, we need to get our minds and hearts in the right place by going to God in prayer. In everything, the, the, the Greek language is like just throwing everything upon him, just letting it all out to him. That's what it's talking about there. And, and we forget that. So then we cannot apply this other part. You first be anxious for nothing. Uh, and, 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 uh, everything praying and supplicating to God, requesting of him. And he'll guard your hearts and keep your minds. And then finally, when you're doing that, you know, if you're not doing that, how can you do this next verse, which says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, Think or meditate on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul is saying, because he was the apostolic uh, leader there, the one that was living before them as an example of Jesus. Practice these things. Here he goes again. If you practice these things, a God of peace will be with you, right? It starts out with that when you're praying and laying it all before the Lord and casting it all on Him, and then it ends up with that. I'm telling you, I'm going to give you my own example. I like to kind of attempt to find a lot of alternate news these days of what's going on because I just don't believe uh, the the regular talking heads that are out there much anymore. I don't believe they're telling us the truth. I don't believe they can be trusted. And I spend a good amount of time at times looking at different videos, reading different things that are kind of alternate to find out really what's going on, like even now in the war over there in Israel and things like that, and in our government and things like that. And you know, um, God came to me about that because I would get so wrapped up in that that it would begin to trouble me and bother me, and I'd begin to get angry over it. And he reminded me 
that I was too overbalanced in that. I was being too anxious. I wasn't seeking him and praying to, to him and casting all those things on him. So instead of thinking about those things which were honorable, just, pure, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy, I was worrying about all the bad things. Now, is it wrong to look at those things, whether it's a video or whether it's read something to try to be informed? No. But if that begins to consume you, that is wrong. You have to have a balance in that area. Let's go on and look at another scripture, number four. Set your mind and heart on what is good to find out what's acceptable. Let's read another one. This is so good. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord, or the the glory, another word for glory, I love the word glory, another word is the goodness of God, are being transformed or changed into that same image from one degree of glory or goodness to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See what he's saying there? We all, with open face, what are we doing? We're not listening to all the news and all the negative people and getting consumed with all that. We're beholding the Lord. We're in his presence and we're being changed and transformed. You know, the things are, here's a, here's a saying for you. The things that you behold the most is what you're going to become like. Those things that you behold or look at the most is what you will become like. Are you beholding the glory of God today? Are you thinking on those things that are good and acceptable? Are you casting everything on Him in prayer that you don't understand, that you get upset about? Let's do that today. Let's go to another point of what finding out what is acceptable or discerning what is acceptable to God. Your life as a living sacrifice. You want to find out what's acceptable? It says it right here in this verse, in this epistle of Romans, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal or exhort you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, here's the word, and acceptable, arastos. This is what we've been talking about mostly in the New Testament Erastos, erastos, I think is the way you say it. Uh, Present your bodies uh, holy and acceptable, well-pleasing, fully agreeable to God. That's, That's what that word in the Greek really means, which is, this is wonderful, is your spiritual worship. Be not conformed or squeezed into the mold of this world, but be renovated. Have your mind renovated, uh, having your mind renewed. That's what it means. Get the whole, get your mind renovated from all the old things, from all the old thoughts, that by the testing you may discern what is, is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Let me read it again. I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and accepted, well-pleasing, fully agreeable to God, which is, I love this phrase, your spiritual worship. Do not be squeezed into the mold of this world, but be transformed by the renovation of your mind, that by testing, here we are, that word again, discernment, 
that you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do we do that? By just presenting our whole lives before the Lord. Worship is not just singing a hymn or a worship song on Sunday and raising your hands, is it? It's living your whole life day in and day out before the Lord. It's going to the marketplace and saying, Lord, I'm open if you want me to speak to this man that's over here in this aisle. I'm open if you want me to, you know, help these people buy their groceries, whatever it might be. Here's another scripture, 1 Peter 2, 5. You yourselves, like living stones, I love this, are being built up as a spiritual house. Ephesians 2 and 4 talk a lot about this. I talk a lot. One of the revelations God gave me was the spiritual corporate temple of God. You're being built into that corporate temple to be a holy priesthood. What do priests do? To offer spiritual sacrifices. Here's the word again. Acceptable. Or the Greek means very well received to God. We're doing that by offering our lives. We're doing that by offering our service to God, are we not? Through Jesus Christ. Verse 20, for what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure, you know? Um, whether you're tried for your faith like they were, you know, whether we're going to be, uh, you know, persecuted that way or whether you get persecuted that way when you're a child and you've done wrong. My dad used to bring out the belt sometime and whip me and you endure it, what credit is it? But if when you do good, you know, there's nothing to blame you for, about and endure, this is a cherish or acceptable thing. They were, He uses the word cherish here in the sight of God, which, which is a grace, means grace, uh, a, a grace, God's favor. It, it's, you know, you're, you're in the favor of God. Finally, number six, how do we discern what is acceptable to God? We must live daily in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Live daily in the realm of the Holy Spirit. I love this verse, Romans 14, 17 to 18. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of all the things that are in the world. That's what he's referring to. Eating, drinking, celebrating, buying new cars, buying new houses, buying new clothes. Not that those things are totally wrong. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then verse 18 really keys it here for us. Whoever thus serves Christ, if you're walking in the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost, if you're serving Christ in this way, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable and approved by men. Wow. It gives you favor with men when they see the presence of God on you, when they see you uh, in peace and joy of the Holy Spirit, not all weighed down with the cares of this world, so to speak. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ, in other words, if you're serving Christ that way, walking that way, it's acceptable to God and approved by men. Men see that. You know, that, that's a witness to them. Okay, 1 Peter 2.5 to finish up. Um, we've already read that. I read, I put that in the other section. So Romans 14, 17 to 18. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's recap for you. Discerning what 
is acceptable. Ephesians 5, 8 to 10. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Wow, walk in light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. Haven't we been talking about that today? All that's acceptable. That's, what's, that's what the light of the Lord is. And try to discern, that is to examine, approve, um, you know, look and see. Try to discern what is arrestos. That is what is acceptable well-pleasing, and fully agreeable to God. That's what we want to do. How do we do that? Let's just recap the six points. Know who you are and where you live. Know the correct time. You know, you can't be late to work, can you? you got to know the correct time. Have the ability to receive correction, which means you humble yourself when you're wrong. Number four, set your mind and heart on what is good. Amen? Number five, give your life as a living sacrifice. Number six, live in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Father, I just ask that you take this word and that you just, um, Lord, let it go out into the hearts and minds of the people this week, this month, that need to receive that word of what is acceptable. What is it that you want from them? You've shown us what is good, but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. That's what you told the Old Testament prophet. That's what we're talking about today. Help us, Lord. Let us be aware of these things. Let us humble ourselves. Receive your correction. Lord, let us live in the realm of your Holy Spirit. Let us know that we are we are we may have a physical body, but we are living and we act out of the heavenly realm with the mandate and the authority that you want to give us as favored sons and daughters. Bless each one this week. Uh, let them be filled with your spirit. Let them be filled with your love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And just before I close here now, I want to tell you, I've come out of a really great, great um, webinar teaching experience where I taught out of the book of Ephesians. And, and I taught about the corporate temple, what it means uh, to be in the corporate temple and what God wants to speak to us through that. I taught on that about, it was two weeks ago, and you can go to the Facebook group. I have it down here. You just put this into Facebook, and I'll make sure you can get into the group. You can uh, look at the teachings. They're all there. Five days we taught on this great subject. The Heavenly Call of Ephesians. The Heavenly Call of Ephesians. Uh, there's something special there for you if you want to uh, learn further. Uh, I'm, I'm getting together a class of people that um, those interpreters, one among a thousand, as it were, that really want to dive deeper into the Word of God. Namely, uh, I'm starting a coaching and uh, teaching class that will run nine months Um through the whole book of Ephesians. There's so many revelations there that God has, has graciously allowed me to see that I believe I'm on time, in the correct time, to share it with people. Go to that place. Go to Facebook and type in the search bar, The Heavenly Call of Ephesians. I'd love for you to join us. I'd love for you to listen, if nothing else, to those five teachings, five days uh, uh, of training. And if you want to 
uh, further coaching. I, I am so excited to ask you to join our class that will be starting. And I believe it's going to start on the 14th of November. Uh, we'll see. I'm not exactly sure, but I'll be letting you know. Have an awesome week. Have an awesome day. Be filled. Uh, uh, not not with eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Walk in the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen.